1: Everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy. And in this episode, my wonderful guest host, Dr. Shannon Sepulveda, is back. In case you forgot who Shannon Sepulveda is, which I hope you didn't because she had one of the top 10 episodes last year of 2018 with Julie Weeb. She is the owner and physical therapist at Shannon Sepulveda DPT PLLC She is an orthopedic and women's health physical therapist and is currently the only board-certified women's health physical therapist in the state of Montana. She received her undergraduate degree from Dartmouth College, Master's in Education from Harvard, and Doctorate of Physical Therapy from the University of Montana, and she's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist. So you'll understand the Montana connection in a second because our guest is the founder of SAUCE. So Sauce was founded by Shayla Swanson, a former Canadian national team cross-country skier, as a way to support her ski racing. Sauce founder Shayla was frustrated with traditional winter headwear that she found to be too hot, too itchy, too ugly. An avid sewer, Shayla set out to create functional, stylish, and comfortable products that met the needs of elite athletes and outdoor enthusiasts alike. Saw started as a hobby for Shayla while she was ski racing and working through her degree in exercise science from Montana State University. She began selling Swift toques to teams and clubs who wanted a custom item for their group. The product line evolved from there and soon saw the additions of the Swift headband, ventilator headband, and the fleece line chilled toque. After several exciting seasons of ski racing full-time and a near Olympic team miss in 2010, Shayla decided to jump into Sauce full time, putting 100% of her enthusiasm and effort into the entrepreneurial venture. Commitment to pursuing one's goals, a strong belief in one's own potential, and using constructive evaluation for growth are all important ingredients for a successful athletic career. While skiing and sewing hats are not the same, it turns out that those behaviors are also key to making it as an entrepreneur. The lessons learned in Shayla's ski career have helped her navigate the business world and grow Sauce into a company with distribution across North America and beyond. So as you all know, we love highlighting female entrepreneurs here at Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So I'm so happy that Shannon was able to get this interview with Shayla. In this episode, they talk about the story behind the beginnings of Sauce, how Sauce tailors and personalizes their products from Bozeman, Montana, what is in the future for Sauce, and Shayla's advice for female entrepreneurs. So if you were ever wondering how to take your idea, or in this case, your hobby, and turn it into an entrepreneurial venture, Shayla goes through exactly how she did that. So this is a great interview. You're going to learn a lot from the entrepreneurial standpoint. So a big thanks to Shannon and Shayla for a great interview.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your guest host, Shannon Sepulveda, and I am here with Shayla Swanson. Shayla, can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do?
0: My name is Shayla Swanson. As you said, I am the owner of a company called Sauce, and we specialize in headwear and select apparel pieces for endurance athletes. Um, My background is in Nordic ski racing, so I spent my um, my teens and twenties training really hard to try to make the Olympics um, in cross country skiing. I didn't quite, but I got close, and I got to do some really amazing things. Um, The other thing is that I was always a sewing nerd and I loved to sew and make clothing. So I began making headwear for um, my ski team and other ski teams um, in the early 2000s. We found that most of the headwear we were given as uh, was really hot, um, too itchy, really ugly. And so um, we set out to kind of fix that situation and things uh, moved from being kind of a hobby or an accidental business into being a real business. So that was pretty exciting.
2: Take us from your competitive Nordic Ski Days to just like why you started the company, um, where it was, what you did, like the start of the company.
0: The start of the company was really just um, me talking to a couple of teammates saying, hey, I have this idea, let's make some hats and try to sell them to stores, and then we can make a little money to help support some of our ski racing. And I had, at that point, made maybe a couple of orders for local ski clubs, and then realized I didn't like sewing that well (laughs) so I got some people to help me um my my tolerance was about two cds worth of sewing like I would listen to two albums and then I was I was done but that didn't get me very many in the grand scheme so these teammates of mine said yeah we'll help and we basically devoted a weekend to cutting and sewing and and making hats to try to sell to um, some of the local stores and our connections to in the ski world helped us so they said yeah we'll Um, we'll put these in our store and, and put a little tag on them that says the proceeds benefit you guys. And, um, anyway, so that was kind of year one. And then, um, from there things changed and, you know, some of my teammates weren't interested anymore and they didn't like sewing all that well either. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we basically from there it was kind of me and and one of the teammates, uh, my friend Rhonda, that that continued on with the business. So Rhonda and I started turning things into a little bit more of an actual operation where we would create a catalog and and send it out to stores and actually try to to sell at wholesale. We also had a custom program that we offered to teams and clubs and events, and amazingly enough, it, it kind of, it worked. <laughs> so that was in 2000, probably that was from like about 2003 until 2008. And all that time we were operating under the name SOS headwear. And the name SOS came from a, a blog that I had. And my blog was where I updated results and, and stuff that I was doing skiing. And it stood for Shayla on skis. So huh. so we were, yeah, we were <laughs> SOS headwear. and um, And then In, I think it was 2009 that we decided to kind of rebrand and There was a nice little phonetic connection between SOS, which, you know, is phonetically pronounced sauce, and then the brand name sauce, which is a topping that you use to spice something up. And so we thought that our colorful, boldly patterned headwear, um, that kind of worked. It still confuses people, and I get email solicitations from India for (laughs) hot peppers. (laughs) But... um, yeah, but that's kind of where the where the name came from. Uh, 2009, we started operating under the brand name Sauce. Um, Rhonda and I were both still ski racing, trying to make the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. Um, unfortunately, neither of us were successful in that, although we both got really close. And um, she knew at that point she wanted to, to go and work in a different field. So at that point, she kind of left the business and I carried on and I started attending trade shows and actually trying to sell um, sell products so I would say the start of the official like 100% effort toward the business started in 2010 um, and it's been quite a roller coaster ride of fun since then that's awesome um, so I
2: should say to our listeners for those of you who are not familiar with um, sauce headwear um, if you can picture a kind of like a workout hat in really, really fun prints, that's how I would probably describe sauce headwear. I know this podcast is based in New York and we are in Bozeman, Montana, but um, whenever I wear my sauce hats in Manhattan, I always get comments. Like People love them. They're like, where did you get that? And I was like, I'm going to try to get Shayla to get these in the stores in Manhattan. Um, But I was running in Central Park with all my sauce stuff and I always got always got compliments because they're just kind of fun. They're not muted in any way, I think. Um, And uh, I did not grow up Nordic skiing because I grew up in New York, but uh, I did not know that I, I feel like the Nordic ski culture is kind of fun in that sense. Like they tend to wear really bright, fun colors. Um, And so that's kind of what sauce headwear looks like. And you now not just, you don't just make hats, correct? Correct. Now you make other things. So why don't you tell us about uh, branching
0: out from hats? We are not trying to be a, a huge apparel line. Um, what I think our sweet spot is and has been is bringing a product to the market that we think we can do um, do a better job at, I guess. Do something a little different that isn't out there. and. Um, really focus on kind of our, our elements of like making stuff that's just right warm, really comfortable and easy to wear and, and, you know, brightly patterned and really pretty. So, um, we make a couple of legwear styles. One of them that I think is our, our most unique and really applicable to our female athlete audience is our flurry tight. Um, we've put some fleece lining on the quad and also, um, sections of the butt where you get cold in the winter. Those are the, the, the two Areas where you know you come in from a winter run or a winter ski, and you think, "Oh, I'm freezing on my butt and on my quads." So, uh, what we did was we left the rest of the tight unlined because those areas stay pretty warm, and um, just focused on those spots. So, so that's an example, I guess, of one of our apparel pieces. Um, and we also do like a winter skirt, and we do we have a summer product line that includes some. Um, some tights and a tank top and then also um a product that i think i like this one because of the name we call it the cheeky retreat so what it is is just a nice skirt to cover up your tush if you really don't want it on display so um yeah anyway that's some of our other stuff
2: I bet you that skirt would be really good for, like, changing out of your bathing
0: suit. Like, on the yeah. side of a river or right, right. wherever you are. Yeah, it's an excellent, um, it's a great little cover-up. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, yeah keeps things hidden while you want to change underneath. It works out really well for that. <laughs>
2: And I have tried the flurry tights. I love them because yes, when you're a female and you run, your butt gets cold and your thighs get cold and everything else does not. Yeah. So it's really nice to have, you know, your calves can breathe. <laughs> they're like the caprice. Your crotch. We make sure your crotch can breathe. And your crotch can breathe. <laughs> we didn't line that part. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're really, um, I think uh, what Sheila does is also takes her um, hat patterns and creates leggings out of mm-hmm. them, right? So mm-hmm. they're just the really fun colors. Mm-hmm. And why don't you tell us a bit about like your custom program? Because I know... At least for most of the races in Bozeman and probably Missoula and other uh probably Canada too. Yeah, lots of lots, <laughs> lots of places. Lots of places. Um uh in our race bags we get um sauce hats or headbands that have a logo of whatever the race is, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, which are awesome. So why don't you tell us a bit about that custom program?
0: Sure. So um, One of the really great business avenues that we sort of happened upon by accident was um, custom headwear for teams, clubs, and events. Um, We do two different options for custom. One is we take our stock product, so all of the um, hats and headbands that we have in stock, and we add a logo to them. So we call that our basic custom program and it's really great because that allows, um, we can do orders as few as 12 and it's really relatively inexpensive and um, kind of a nice option for people. And then we also do uh, what we call our full custom program and that involves working with a customer to um, put a design together that is totally unique to their event or their store. Um, And we've done... um, We've outfitted you know, orders uh, that are like just an event order, but we've also gone as big as working with the whole um, Canadian JackRabbit program, which is a youth ski league program in Canada that, um, that has over 10,000 kids. In it, and they submitted drawing ideas to us, and we held a contest to see who liked, you know, which design idea they liked best. And then we turned that little kid's design into a hat pattern and um, outfitted the whole country's youth program. So that was pretty exciting for us. We currently don't do that order anymore because they have a sponsor that outbid us. But we loved it. It was we, awesome. We <laughs> made ten thousand hats. Yes, we did. We worked <laughs> with a vendor. Sometimes we have worked with. Currently, all of our product is sewn in our. Facility facility in Bozeman but in the past we have worked with manufacturers based in Los Angeles to help us out with orders that we couldn't quite handle on our own so um, yeah so the nice thing about it though is that um, with the options that we have we can accommodate you know we can really be you know cottage industry and Mm -hmm. do something really small and unique for a small customer and then we can also access those other avenues to produce larger orders for big groups so it's kind of fun.
2: Cool. So, along those lines, why don't you tell us about like your manufacturing? Because I think you do everything mm-hmm. in Bozeman, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really awesome.
0: Um, so, tell us a bit about that. Sure. Initially, when we started doing this, I I, I did not I did not really. To s- contemplate the idea of doing all of the sewing in house. I was kind of content working with the manufacturer, um, but then we started just running into situations where you get a batch of hats back that weren't quite right, or um, you'd you know you wouldn't be able to tweak a sizing concern until you already you know had placed your order with this group. And um, anyway, we just were running into all these situations where I thought, man, it would be awesome if we could just make this stuff here. And so I bought some uh, industrial sewing machines. Um, Industrial sewing sewing machines are interesting because they only do one thing. So unlike a home sewing machine that can do a bunch of different stitches and a programmed, um, you know, design, basically industrial machines only do one thing. So in order to make our products, we have four different machines that are able to do all the stitch patterns that we use on our stuff. And um, yeah, and I was lucky enough to find some amazing sewers. So Bozeman is a funny little space in the world of manufacturing because we have several different companies that are much larger than we are but they um, make all of their product here so there's this weird little oh yeah like sims makes their waiters here and Um, mystery ranch sews backpacks um a former you know anyway so we have access to our sewers in town who are who are really skilled at what they do and i was lucky enough to actually um hire on three former Sims employees. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Sorry, Sims. Uh, and they've been awesome. So they are, um, yeah, they, they love it. They, they are given super flexible work hours. They do what they, what works for them and they just sit around the machines and laugh and talk and have a great time. Um, and they make all of our stuff and they're really fast and good at it. So, um, yeah, so it, it's really fun. We um, we have rolls and rolls of fabric in the corner of our space. We have a big cutting table. We use a big upright saw to cut all the patterns out. Um, we're able to you know make small adjustments to sizing on the spot, you know, which is really great. If we um, yeah, and then they just sew them up, finish them up, keep them in our inventory space. We're, our office is basically a large garage, so it's not pretty, but it works really well for our purposes and. Um, it's just really fun to think that uh, of all of the love that goes into each thing that we ship out the door.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know how you create your patterns. Sure. And how you get that fabric made Mm -hmm. because you have fun, new patterns every year. And I didn't know if that was like your brainchild or if it's couple people's brainchild or if it's the company's brainchild or how you pick what pattern you'd like.
0: Yeah. So, um, so it's not all me. That's for sure. Um, there are, there are trending, um, trending reports that come out for, the outdoor industry, and I don't think they're as important in the outdoor industry as they are in, you know, the, more the fashion industry. But, but what will happen is um, a couple of companies come out with these trending reports that that show you kind of what colors they think are going to be on trend for the upcoming season. Uh, and then what we do is we are an accessory piece, and so really we don't need to follow. We don't need to create our own trends but we need to kind of follow what the other brands are doing. So if we see a company if the if the trending reports are coming out that, you know, really muted colors are are going to be more prevalent then we want to try to offer some of those colors in our prints and patterns so that we can match your jacket. <laughs> you buy from say Patagonia or something like that. So, um, so what we do is we, we just try to, I work with a couple different graphic designers who specialize in textile design and they come up with some concepts, um, based on textile trends as well as color trends. Um, and then we, uh, put that all together to try to make our line a really nice, complete, um, offering to people. Cause you also want to make sure, you know, we want to make sure that if somebody loves pink, they can find a little pink in one of our hats. Mm-hmm. So we try to make sure kind of every main color is offered as well. So it's um, it's something between a science and an art, I guess. It's not all just um, creative energy going into that. We have to also look at some of the other factors and figure out where we fit in the mix. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun and exciting. I wish I, I can't... I'm not as adept at the graphic design Mm -hmm. part of things, so I I don't do a lot of the actual design, but I I get to pick what I like best and, and where to go next, so...
2: That's really cool, especially because I love you, Patagonia, but this year, their <laughs> colors were terrible. They were all these, like, muted colors. They had maybe, like, one bright color. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I guess I'm just going to have to get a muted color and, like, wear a fun sauce hat.
0: <laughs> well, I hope you were at least able to coordinate one color out of our hat with your jacket. I yeah.
2: was. Yes, yeah. I was. Um, which is, so I appreciate that you have fun colors. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping next year, Patagonia will have more bright colors, Mm -hmm. the bright colors will be back
0: in season. Yeah. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. What I've actually had to do is uh, because I'm always going to be wearing one of our hats and I don't want to buy a new jacket every year is I've had to resort to black and gray (laughs) for my outdoor apparel (laughs) because then I know I can always look okay with whatever hat I'm wearing and not have to buy a new jacket every year. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I also think, um, another great thing about sauce hats. So, so Shayla and I both have kids is that, um, and we both have a boy and a girl. Yeah. Is that um, you can throw a toddler girl in all boy clothes and put a really fun toddler pink sauce hat, and then they look really cute. and then they look really cute. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty awesome. Oh, why don't you tell us about your kiddo? Oh, your yeah. kiddo toddler.
0: My, um, I have two little, yeah, two little ones, and um, they are really fun and really. Hard at the same time, <laughs> um, but it's been kind of fun because I we made a baby hat for a while, um, and I was sort of like, yeah, it's really super cute, but I couldn't really get behind it as far as like whether or not it was a great product for kids. But um, we yeah we have this little chill hat that we make, and I should also mention we call our hats toques. Um, that stems from my Canadian um, my Canadian background. Winter hats in Canada are called toques, and it's per- it's spelt in a way that makes everyone want to say toe. Or torque, even so, uh, um, it's a little confusing for people. But anyway, we make a little chill toque for kids, and it's um, it's been like the best hat for my. For my young ones, I can't believe it. It's like I just have this constant stream. They're um I you know start them in the small, move move them up through the other the other sizes, and what's great is that they're tight enough that they stay on their heads, and I think they forget that they're on, which I think helps. They so they don't pull them off. And the other thing is that they're warm, but they're not like so hot that the poor little kid is like drenched with sweat underneath their their hat, so they don't try to rip it off because they're uncomfortable either. So I've been yeah, like our toque for kids has been amazing. My daughter, who is is uh, almost a year wears our large and my son who is three wears our toddler size and yeah it's been great. <laughs> I can get behind them now.
2: Yeah, they're pretty awesome because they're they have just like a fleece band, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the top doesn't have fleece, so like Correct. when kids are playing hard, right. they don't totally sweat.
0: And that's yeah, and that's kind of our, our whole um our whole little goal with our headwear line is just to make sure that you're we're keeping you just right warm. We want to make sure that you don't notice your head when you're out there exercising because I know for myself I've worn woolly hats and been drenched with sweat and miserable, and then you want to pull them off and then your hair freezes and then you're more miserable. So that's kind of our whole mantra is just, let's keep you warm, but not too warm.
2: Yeah. So, um, along those lines, since not everybody Nordic skis (laughs) or lives in a place we can Nordic ski, um, uh, runners Ah, really wear these hats a lot. I Mm -hmm. see out, um, even in, uh, when I was visiting Seattle, Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of runners, um, in Seattle wearing the hats. So why don't you talk to us about just like other sports that they're useful for.
0: Yeah. Um, So we make a, I guess our our line has now expanded to be a 12-month, you know, four-season line. We have um, summer products that are ideal for for all, you know, summer activities, and then we also have our winter product line. So our winter product line, I would say we're kind of geared really at, um, you know, well, basically any activity, really. I mean, anything where you're... um, where you want to be comfortable and colorful and you might work up a sweat um, so that might be running or hiking or skiing um, and also we're a great little like if you're an alpine skier and you wear a helmet so you don't really need a hat while you're skiing um, mm. we do make a helmet liner that fits under helmets and then we also make a lot of our products are great little like lodge hats so if you want to cover up your helmet head um, and feel like you have put a little bit of effort into your appearance our, our products are great for that um, the other thing that we have um, when we expanded into the spring summer product line We've introduced a couple of visor styles that have really flexible brims. Um, they can be worn under helmets if you're a cyclist. They are great for running and um, and hiking. And then we also have a product that's like a uh, like a kind of a wear it two ways visor that can be worn. It's really if, great if you're hiking and you're not sure what the weather's going to do. So you mm-hmm. can cover you can kind of cover up or wear less. People say they love those on a boat too because it keeps your part from burning. That's mm-hmm. our saucy visor. So yeah, like, we just, like the bald spot. Yeah, well, like <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like the the little the bald spot, <laughs> bald like men. Could, yeah, like men could. Well, I think what, what the feedback <laughs> that that I'm thinking about was coming from this woman who said she loved. She always wore her hair in a ponytail, and she always had like a you oh, know the like part. the part in her ponytail mm-hmm. in her hair. You know, so with the way she would brush her hair back, she would always end up with like a sunburn in that area. But she said that with that product, she loved it because she still had plenty of room to like get her hair out the back, but she could kind of pull that piece back. And so she didn't burn her head. So anyway, all just little random stuff. Some of the stuff that some of the benefits we claim are things that we thought of. Um, A lot of them aren't benefits that we didn't think of, but they're what people have decided works well for them. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty nice to hear that stuff too. Why don't you talk about your tassels? (laughs)
2: Because I, (laughs) I feel like you're the only, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen
0: any other hats that have flower tassels. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, the flower tassel, yes. So, so our idea was kind of, yeah, to bring a little bit of fun and spring, summer brightness to the coldest, dreariest winter day. So along those lines, we started using these little tassels on the top of some of our hats. Um, some people love the tassels, some people hate the tassels, but... But there are enough that love them that we uh, we definitely keep doing it. And so we offer three different styles of tassel on our hat. And one is like a traditional, kind of looks like a graduation tassel. Um, and they're kind of popular in the Nordic world and maybe not anywhere else. But <laughs> Runners sometimes. Runners sometimes. They bounce a little on your head. So yeah. Yeah, but they're cute. They're cute. And the colors are really pretty. Um, the other type of tassel we make is a flower tassel. And those come with mixed reviews. But again, it's one of those things that people who love them, love them. We have a few stores that order exclusively flower tasseled hats because they know they will sell them because people think they're cute. In our offices, I will say that we don't love the flower tassel because while we've been able to outsource manufacturing of most of the tassels, just because they're kind of a pain, we have we still make the flower tassels. Oh. Yeah. So you can't. We, we've tried to find someone who can help us make them, but no luck so far <laughs> so so we have some weird weird little non-transferable skills that we joke about in our space where like we're really good at tying knots really quickly because you need to tie four knots on a tower on the flower tassel. tassel so um and then we also we have a pom-pom that we can put on the top of of our hats too and those are oh, really, the pom-pom the little pom is really cute yeah that one's I cute love the little pom-pom yeah um yeah and we get lots of different colors and Anyway, that's another piece when we try to pick our prints and patterns. We have to mm-hmm. try to figure out if we have tassels that work with the prints and patterns. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: and so if someone wants to do a custom order, they mm-hmm. can pick their hat print tassel,
0: yeah, logo, right? Okay, and, and that's kind of what's nice about say working with with us versus other larger businesses that do custom work is that we can really say like you'll get you know get an email saying like these are all of your tassel choices. This is your these are your fabric choices for your hats. Right? Yeah. So um, it's kind of very customized. Very cool. So, why don't you
2: talk a bit about your price point? Because I, for the life of me, cannot understand how you make everything in Bozeman, and the hats are still thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, because that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I think for a company to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, the the on, the honest truth of it is, what this is—the healthy, wealthy, smart podcast. Right. <laughs> Let's just say I probably won't be getting overly wealthy with this, this business, but I love what I do and. Um, So it doesn't matter too much, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it is true. There's something, um, yeah, the reality of it is that if you want to be really uh, profitable in the apparel industry, I think Mm -hmm. you definitely have to send your stuff um, to places where they don't have to pay people much to make it. The, um, the reality with sewing a a hat or or a piece of clothing, um, is that it's touched. Every single seam Mm -hmm. is, is, um, basically driven by a person. There are a few exceptions, but in general, a person is responsible for every seam on your clothing. Um, unlike a injection mold plastic piece or something like that, where it's, you know, where it's really, um, mechanized and automated. And so yeah, as far as our price points go, we have to maintain some level of competition or competitive, you know, placement in the in the industry. Um and so yes, it is true that our profit margins are not as great as <laughs> as they could be, I suppose. But then we couldn't offer we really I think that we wouldn't have a business if we outsourced somewhere like Asia or places, because they have high minimums, they, they don't can't offer the flexibility mm-hmm. that we can. So I feel as though um, it's an interesting situation, because I don't think we could do what we do mm-hmm. um, using a different type of manufacturing model. Yeah. So... Um, so, what's really been great for us is that we have, this year in particular, we have really streamlined a lot of our production processes. I think we're getting faster and faster at everything we make. We're we're cutting down on, on um, complication and skews and things, anyway, everything we can do to basically improve our efficiencies and um, make sure that we can be competitive with our price point and also um, be a healthy business. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, it's interesting cool
2: um can you talk a bit about the contest seems like you have every year
0: where someone designs a hat yeah that's a fun one because the hats are pretty awesome when they come out yeah so one thing that we we have started to do well I guess it's been probably five years of the contest now um we have a contest that's It runs every year in um, August or September. We call it our special sauce design contest. And what it is, is we basically send out a little PDF template and people can download it and basically send in a design idea. And um, what's really great is that we used to get comments. People would email us and be like, hey, why don't you have any hats that are blue or why don't you do this, this, this or the other thing? And so it's been really great to be able to put the ball in our customer's court and have them tell us what they they want to see. So this, um, I don't know, every year we receive entries and we put them up on Facebook and we try to, We or we also allow people to vote on our website, you know, Facebook may or may not be a great avenue for that anymore. <laughs> um, But yeah, people vote for their favorite designs and then we make them. So this year we had two really beautiful, uh, we had a really beautiful floral that came through. We had basically two that were really neck and neck for first and second. So we decided to produce them both. And one was, um, yeah, this graphic designer in town here in Bozeman that that submitted this ridgeline mountain design. And then what's really cool is that uh, we make the hat and then sales of um, the sales of that hat for the current season, um, at the end of the year, we kind of tally up how much we sold, and then a percentage of the the sales go back to the winners' chosen charity. So, oh. yeah. So this year, one of the hats was um, we will be donating uh, to a, a foundation called the Neo Kids Foundation. It's up in Sudbury, Ontario, which is where the winners of the contest live, and that's where they wanted their proceeds to go. And then we also. Um, one of the designs here is going to go back to um basically a fund for the bozeman education that foundation that supports um, homeless kids that are homeless basically mm-hmm. um, and need some assistance that way so we're really excited about that part of the contest too because um it just gives us a chance to give back so
2: okay so where so we can find you in bozeman mm-hmm. um we can find you online mm-hmm. so why don't you tell us a Bit about like where you're located in the country, what types of stores, sure. um, and yeah, and like if people want to check out your products, where would they go?
0: Sure, good question. Uh, we are carried by about 200 retail locations across North America. So if you go, our website does have a store locator, which I will admit is about 90% complete <laughs> it's really hard to stay on top of all this stuff uh, but uh, yeah we are we are distributed in in um, the types of stores that that carry us are generally like um, running shops um, more sp- like outdoor stores also anything that's kind of got a Nordic edge to it. Um, those those shops typically carry us so yeah so we're we're available online we're available at um, about 200 retail locations and um, if you if somebody out there can think of a store that we should be in and that we're not we always take suggestions for um, for wholesale accounts that we should be reaching out to so um, yeah that's where you can find us
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that when I was in Manhattan in November, Mm -hmm. I was like checking out stores. I I was like, where? Just because so many people complimented me on my hat, Yeah, Um, because I feel like New York is a lot of people tend to wear more muted things, and then in Bozeman, or in big cities in general, I think. um,
0: It's more muted.
2: It's more muted. Um, here and that a lot is of,
0: one thing I will say is that we do, while a lot of our patterns are kind of bright and colorful, we also, we always make sure we have a black and white option. We always make sure we have a gray. <laughs> you know, it's like we try to make sure we can also appeal to the more subtle palette. And you also have men's stuff, and right? And men's stuff, too. That is correct, yes. Our winter product line has men, uh, carries some really, yeah, some men's stuff. And we always carry a black, plain old basic black as well, mm-hmm. too. So... Um, yeah.
2: And you have buffs.
0: Well, yes, you can't call it a buff. Oh, we're not calling it a buff. <laughs> you have a chill. We, we call it a, our our buff. Our our neck gator product we call, is called our frosty. Our frosty. Yeah, okay. it's kind of like the buff, buff. is sort of the the Kleenex of
2: yes, the band aid or the
0: band aid. Right, right. The brand that became the thing. So, um, yeah. my parents used to call it a chill choker joe
2: i don't know if that was a brand like back in the 80s maybe maybe that's cool (laughs) but we when i was growing up we used to always call it a chill choker that's funny and i feel like it was wool and And you wanted to just like rip your neck off and awful (laughs) and then they were like turtle fur
0: right right do you remember that Mm -hmm. well and that brand is still that brand is is that brand still around Mm -hmm. they're one of our they're you know sometimes you see they're yeah you see them in places that carry us as well occasionally but
2: turtle fur still around Mm -hmm. wow I don't know if chill joker
0: is
2: (laughs) (laughs) if that was it
0: we have a product coming out next fall it's um, we currently make a like a neck braider but it's a lightweight neck gator color frosty the next next season next fall we have a product that'll be coming out called throat coat it's our like a lined neck warmer
2: oh that's such a good idea yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
2: my son had I think I got it at your clearance sale. The camo. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah. He loves it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. But it's a really good idea to get um, like a fleece lined one mm-hmm. for the really cold days. Yeah. for Especially for downhill skiing. Right. And
0: the product, we're, we're using a liner. We use um, Polartec products to line our, our mm-hmm. stuff. So for insulation, we use their, their fabrics. And we're using uh, kind of a mid-weight style. So it's like warm, but it's not going to be like saturated with breath and moisture um like a fleece might be so mm-hmm. and then it like freezes and then it's stinky <laughs> <laughs> ours might it might still be stinky hard to say but um but yeah there anyway all the stuff you try to you try to think about but it's uh so I, it's just a reality
2: yeah i just really like when you um there's a, a place in bozeman where you can nordic ski and it's like all a, a sourdough mm-hmm. right so it's all up for nine miles ten, you can go
0: all the way up for ten. you can ten, go all yeah. the way up
2: for 10 miles and so you get super sweaty all the way up and then you come down and you pretty much don't really have to ski on the way down yeah, just... and like your buff just becomes like an icicle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like knock knock by yeah. the time you get to the trailhead because you've sweated all the way up and then you just yeah.
0: freeze freeze all the way down all yeah. the way down it's a, t- a tough tough trail to dress for
2: it is. Yeah. You have to have, like, a backpack of layers to, yeah,
0: right. to, get, down to get down comfortably. Yeah, I typically choose to just be really, really cold at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, and then turn on. And then get in your car and turn on your heat seater. Seat heater. Yeah. I always yeah. say heat seater Heat seater.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, by the time you get to the house, then the car is finally warmed up. Yeah, <laughs> and then
0: you feel pretty <laughs> And good.
2: then you feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what's new in the future? What can we look forward to besides the... New neck.
0: The new neck, yeah. Gator. Well, um, we have a few new products. Next season, we have um, really cool new patterns that are uh, kind of basically um, images of our natural world that are gonna be placed um, along the in the hats and the headbands. Anyway, so we're, we're venturing out a little bit from what we typically do, but I'm really excited about it. It's been well-received by the stores that have been, seen the line already. Um, so, so we have some new prints and patterns as usual, and then we have a couple new headwear products that are sort of like um, hybrids of stuff we've already been doing, just to, um, I guess, diversify the line a little bit and make sure everyone can find um, products that are lined and warm enough for them. Anyway, uh, that's kind of confusing. But I guess just in general, I'm our main product designer, and I've been having children for the last few years. (laughs) And I haven't been feeling overly creative. My mom brain has has really, I would say, shut that down for me. So I'm feeling like I've turned a corner here. I have a nearly one-year-old, and I can, I'm feeling like I can start to think again. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what that what that brings because it's always when I'm outside skiing or outside running or hiking that um that ideas come to me where I'm like oh this is this would be a great mm-hmm. product so um yeah so I'm looking forward to that and so as far as what's coming next I have a few things on the immediate horizon and then after that we'll see cool
2: mm-hmm. yeah I feel like you need like for at least for headwear I like winter headwear. I feel like you need, like, the fleece-lined warm hat Mm -hmm. for, like, walking around town. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you need, like, the thin hat for exercising. Mm -hmm. And then you need the thin headband. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's just your ears that get cold. Right. Right. And then you need the fleece-lined headband. Right. Right. And then you probably need more stuff. But those are, like, my yeah for go-tos for like winter but you definitely yep. need the like non it's nice to have the non-active totally fleece lined hat for like warmth
0: yeah yeah like the the hat the two products that we make that i think are are good for casual or or activity on a cold day if you if you're so At leisure, At, right right <laughs> if you will <laughs> yeah At leisure headwear uh we make a slouchy beanie it's kind of a, like a slightly more um styled hat i guess and it's and it's really warm and cozy so i, I that's my like wear around mm-hmm. go-to and then we make um, our chill toque is another one that you can wear casually and, and look pretty cute but it also works really well if you're if you're skiing on it or doing something on a cold day um and that's the one that has our little swirl closure at the top where you can kind of create some space and, and vent a little bit if mm. you get too hot or you can um throw a top knot out there if you if you're so inclined i never have hair long enough to do that and that wasn't an intended benefit like the ponytail through the yeah people have figured out how to do that Ooh, yeah, it's really it's cute we have a picture of that on our website right now actually of of someone doing that who had long beautiful hair and just put the hat down over top of it and it's like anyway it's cute do you
2: have room for ponytails or i do yeah we do one. have
0: we have products that have more of like a standard ponytail hole right at the, okay. back, the back of your head but then um this one is kind of more at the top which makes it a little weird but it's mm-hmm. um, still pretty cute if you have the right length of hair so how about
2: your um the waist pack
0: oh yeah so one a product that we make um uh that i have recently kind of refallen in love with is our bandora and it's um it's It's basically like a kind of a pocket band. Um, but what's nice about it versus some of the other brands that make more of like an active pocket band is this one it doesn't it looks more like an intentional addition to your outfit. so it's something you can wear casual or active, and basically it just looks like a little tank top sticking out from underneath whatever your layer over top is. So um, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess on audio, but, um, but it's a little, yeah, great little, and it can carry
2: everything It's like a fabric piece that goes around your waist. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an
0: elastic. Yeah. It's like a, it's kind of like a tapered fabric piece that goes around band that goes around your waist and it's separated into six pockets and all the pockets are kind of semi-secure. So they have a little flap over top and then, um, they have an elastic drawstring waistband. So it's Mm -hmm. got some nice integrity. If you do pack it with stuff, it's not going to fall off. Um, yeah. And like uses that, you know, I've been using it recently, to cross-country ski and I've thrown my water bottle in the back Um, and then I put my keys and my snack and my kick wax and my cork and I'm I'm all got everything I need and what I also like is it's not tied around my waist so that's really um, comfortable for me too and then um, but other things I've heard people say, like I've been at events where someone will come by and say, Oh, I wore this while well, I was backpacking in Europe. I need another one. It was amazing. Like So she said that she wore it every day in Europe as kind of a money belt. But what was great is it just looked like a little black layer sticking out from under her shirt. So she didn't feel like... Um, I right. Yeah. So she's just... It was funny. She came. I didn't expect such a rave review from somebody, but she came back and was thrilled. And then we also... Um, like it can turn like any it's great for cycling because if you want to wear if you want extra pockets but you don't want to wear a jersey that has pockets yeah you can throw that around your waist and then you can turn any shirt into a jersey (laughs) yeah that would
2: be stylish
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's cool yeah so you yeah how about the sports bras? Are you going to start making sports bras? I don't know. Are I, they hard? I think they're hard. People ask me to, the two questions I get a lot. Are you going to make sports bras and then also are you going to make like cycling shorts with chamois? Oh. And the thing I feel about both of those products is there's a lot of R&D that goes into That's making true. the yeah. perfect chamois and making the perfect sports bra and and I'm just not sure we're we're up for that. I don't wanna throw something out to market and then being like, oh, that actually is really not as good as the other ones you can find out there. So, you know, maybe maybe it would be like a, yeah, probably not is realistically yeah. the answer. But I think what would be interesting is maybe we can find a way to supply people with like cute little chamois containing under- underwear that, you know, I can buy from someone else and then they can make sure that <laughs> they can wear it right. under, under our shorts. And then it would be yeah. uh, kind of work for that as well, so.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that would be, yeah. I
0: would think sports bras, but yeah, there is a lot of...
2: Especially, I mean, it's not, hard.
0: For, not for flat-chested people like me. I mean, I could wear anything. That was me too.
2: Fine. I'm like, you yeah. could just put anything on me and I'd be fine. Yeah. It just
0: needs to look cute. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and so, so to, in answer, I guess I should probably clarify, like, that's the kind of sports bra that maybe we could make. But yeah. I, but if but it, when it comes to uh, making something that's really supportive and actually does a great job for women who have larger breasts, I, I don't think we're... That would be around. hard. Yeah, there are some really great brands. Like, there's actually a Montana-based company called Enel. And um, it was founded by a woman in a small town, Eureka, Montana, who, um, I think she, well, their company's based in Eureka, I think that's where she's from, but they make this amazing bra for women with large breasts and... um, Like sports bra? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, they they do a really great job and um, they're... I see them at some of the trade shows I attend, and I'm friends with some of the the people that work for that brand. But they, um, anyway. So yeah, I think I'll leave it leave it to the experts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um- Anything else you want to add or talk about as far as sauce and your company
0: Um, and Bozeman? Did you start it in Canada and then came to Bozeman? Yeah, I moved here in 2003 to go to school. So I think we had made hats for one year before I moved Mm -hmm. here. And then I moved here and um, I kind of became the U.S. distribution center. Yeah, Rhonda was still in Canada. Um, But no, I guess, I mean, I just, it's really, um, it's become this really great, an exciting thing I didn't ever really anticipate for for my my hobby to grow into a business that would actually pay me a a wage (laughs) and it does so it's pretty awesome and um, I really like what I do although I do wish every now and then um, there wasn't a day when I learned like I kind of would like to like not learn an important lesson every day it would be nice (laughs) to to have one or two days where I didn't think to myself oh that's something I need to remember you know it's yeah um, so I'm sure that's the case for, for most of us that, um, that I mean, you never want to stop learning, but
2: sometimes yeah. you just
0: wish it was a little bit easier.
2: For most entrepreneurs, <laughs> yeah. at least you look at it as a learning experience yeah. rather than beating yourself up over I something.
0: Have, I have been pretty good. I think one thing that has really helped me... Um, is that I truly have this I've learned how to lose early on, I guess, with my like, ski racing. Like it's you know, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but but it's true, you know, you win some, you lose some, and I think it's important to learn how to, to lose mm-hmm. and understand that it's not the end of the world and understand that that really every time you try something, as long as you learn something from it, it's a success, you know? Yeah. So that's kinda how I try to move forward. I've only made one or two like really expensive mistakes. Those ones are harder <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> but, but um but yeah, you know, it's it, we're all doing our best, so you kind of just have to do what you can and and move forward.
2: Do you have any advice for any other female entrepreneurs?
0: Oh. <laughs> I think <laughs> one thing I'm not doing a great job at, so this is I guess me telling someone to do different <laughs> differently. <laughs> I I love every part of my business, and the problem I'm having right now is that I'm trying to do too much of it. Um and I've heard that that's a kind of a common thing probably also a barrier to really making it big in in Mm -hmm. some of these things is as I have a little trouble um, letting go of of certain aspects of my business but but truly it's not necessarily because I am like super type A and can't let someone else do it it's more just because I really like doing it so Mm -hmm. anyway I have to I have to figure that out for myself so I guess my advice to someone would be to um, if you can you know delegate and do a good job of getting someone else to take care of some of the stuff off your plate. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah.
2: What I find is, I mean, after I started my own practice, it was great and I love it, love it, love it, but you can't turn off.
0: No, there's no Especially
2: off. with kids. It's, really it's like I would love to be able to turn off, be present, and I'm trying really hard to do that, mm-hmm. but it's hard. There's yeah. always something to be done. Yeah.
0: And that's one thing, you know, having kids, like before I had kids, it was... I worked long days. I liked what I did, and then I went home, and we didn't even have internet at our house at that time. We did that on purpose. My husband and I just decided, like, we want to work when we're working, and we want to not work when we're at home. And so we had this great little, like, work-home separation that was really helpful, and now I can't have that because there we don't really we my husband and I swap to take care of our kids so Mm -hmm. basically I'm either working or I'm taking care of the kids and there's never enough time to do either one yeah (laughs) so uh, and then you have to sleep because if you don't sleep you get cranky so yeah I I don't have a great solution for that I just I think you just have to do what you can to try to turn off when you're with your kids and Keep a list. I think a list is really critical. Yeah. Because then you can turn off your brain as long as the steak has been planted somewhere where you know you won't forget what to take care of.
2: Oh, that's such a good idea. Like, yeah. it's there. It's you there. You can just
0: compartmentalize it, put it away. I read that in a great book. It was called, I think it was called Getting Things Done. And, and that was his main, main advice was you only have, like, if if it's, you have one place where you... Keep track of that kind of stuff, and only one. Like you don't have a phone, and then a calendar, and then a little moleskin notebook, and then a you know you have have one place where you keep track of things, and you always write down what you're doing and what you need to do, and then that way when it's time to not think about it, you don't have to think about it because you know where it is, and you know that you won't forget because it's in that one place.
2: That's such a good idea. It's really helpful because. Like last Friday, it was late. I was trying to get all my paperwork done, and I knew I had all day Monday as my admin day. Mm -hmm. But I still felt like I needed to get it done on Friday.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But if I had just wrote wrote it down, yeah, these are the things I'm going to do on Monday. Then I come back on Monday and I finish them right all there. Yeah, I think it helps.
0: Yeah, that's a really good good tip. Yeah, and yeah, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Getting Things Done book. I don't remember who that's by, but it was helpful. It was a good book. So um, why
2: don't you tell us where we can find you, social media, um, et cetera, and um, how we can get in contact with you?
0: Sure. So um, online, we are at www.sauceactive.com. Um, on social media, you can find us at Sauce Active. On face- that's Facebook and Instagram primarily when we actually post. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to get in touch with us by email, info at sauceactive.com is probably the best email address. So if someone who is listening has a great store that says, hey, they should carry sauce, we should email you. would be great at that info yeah that would be great that would be great uh, if you have anything to anything to say we'd love to hear from you so um and do you have a newsletter oh great yes we do have an email newsletter that we send out it's not super regularly regular so don't don't be afraid that of a bombarded inbox but um there is a newsletter sign up uh, at the bottom in the center of our website so we do send that out cool and why don't you tell us um, about the gift to our listeners right that is great idea so if you want to buy something on our website we would love to offer you 20% off if you enter code hws19 so that's hws19 20% off online and
2: that's a good deal it's a really good deal, <laughs> especially like I was saying, I don't know how you make hats for $30 in Bozeman because they're awesome well, and just,
0: no, we support the local community. And you're supporting our sewers, Linda, Laura, and Karen, which I think is pretty fun. So you're not just, you know, buying a hat. You're actually supporting Linda, Laura, and Karen <laughs> and, and Shayla. <laughs> That's right. Well, Shayla,
2: thank you so much for coming on the program. And uh, yeah, we really thank you. It was
0: really great talking to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.